Hey folks and welcome to Last Night This Morning, 428 edition. This would be episode number 11, I believe, of the series to this point. I appreciate everybody listens on a regular basis. I appreciate those of you that don't listen on a regular basis and just listen every now and then. I have a ton of fun producing this uh, every day and, and I think it just it's given me a wildly better understanding of our league and what goes on and all those sorts of things. So genuinely appreciate it. Let's dive in to the action last night. I don't believe there's any trades or anything like that I needed to talk about, but I, what I do want to talk about is how good has Houston been lately, right? The American League West has long been considered a two-team race between LA and Seattle for good reason. LA and Seattle are spectacular. What they've built are nothing short of juggernauts, but there has always been this creeping approach from the teams that are also Rams in the West. The Rangers, as we discussed earlier this year, are the only team under Kevin... Sorry, Kevin, I forgot your last name, man. But Kevin's team uh, out in Texas is the only team that has consistently improved year over year, never taking a step back in the win column under their current GM. Now, that is looking like it's going to take a step back this year as the Rangers are in disarray. Even after the trade of Dave Groves over against JT Riomuto, didn't look if Riomuto's gotten a hit yet. I will check that out uh, as we go through this thing when we get to the Texas game from last night. But as Texas has approached from the rear, no one really paid any attention to it because 92 wins in the AL West is not enough to get you into competition. Right? It still held you well behind uh, Seattle, who won over 100 games last year, and, and LA was at 98 or 96, somewhere in that range. So 92 wins out of Texas last year kept them in the rearview mirror. Houston obviously took a too big step back. But how good have they been in 2021? After taking three of four from the Angels in their previous series, they've now won three straight versus the aforementioned Seattle Mariners, who I still believe are the best team in baseball. Six of seven from the two best teams in baseball, from teams that have won seven of the ten championships... Seven of the nine, six of the nine, somewhere in that range. Over 66% of the championships in our league's history, in recent memory, by the way. And Houston's going to go and win seven of those games, six of those seven games. I'm incredibly impressed by what the Astros have done. Last night was another example of them just playing very, very well. Reginald McMillan was good through five. He allowed two runs. And then the pen just put together a spectacular performance, 11, uh, no runs, over four shutout innings to hold the lead. Seattle got nothing offensively outside of Manny Machado's uh, home run in the third. Right? Nothing. Which is a, a, an achievement in their own right to hold somebody like the Seattle Mariners offense down. But that's exactly what Houston's done. They looked great. They're now a half game back of Seattle. They are three games back of L.A. And Houston is just looking really good. Now, again, they've got their flaws. Wanda goes tonight. Sorry, they've only been two straight, I guess, versus um, Seattle. Two of four. So tonight is game three. But either way, they win tonight, and they're back-to-back series wins over, over Seattle. Over Seattle and L.A. It's all at home, but regardless. They've held them to three runs over two innings, or two games. I hate when I get this shit wrong. I get so excited, and then the, my facts end up being wrong. I feel like an idiot. Let's move on. Houston, really, really impressive. 14-9. and nine. 
Good start. Um, let's talk about the White Sox. The White Sox are a team that desperately need wins as they try to climb their way out of the basement of the American League Central, currently seven games back of the uh, division-leading Cleveland baseball team, a uh, game and a half back of Minnesota Twins, who got smacked by that team. We'll get there later. Last night was what the White Sox needed. Young star, Kybert Ruiz, who has come up and made uh, you know a quick impact, as he has been called up. Walked the game off in the ninth for the White Sox to take down the Tigers, who had just tied it in the top of the eighth, actually. Really, the game was a fairly boring affair, as both starters, Bill Black and Matthew Liberatore, were great through six and seven innings. Seven and six innings, I guess, respectively. Um, but the bullpens couldn't quite hang on. You know, if you want to look at the pitching performances specifically, Matthew Liberatore went six innings, gave up one run, struck out four. Bill Black went seven innings and struck out 14 over those seven innings, by the way, which tied him for the club record of strikeouts in a single regular season game. That record has to be held by Bill Black from 2019. He is just such a good power arm. He's a strikeout pitcher to the absolute letter of the law. So it was good to see. On the Tigers' side, uh, Raul Aguilera continues to be Amazing. His running mate, though, Jay Hay, Jason Hayward, could not contribute going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. For the White Sox, Ramon Zero goes at homers again, his fourth as a member of the team. And the White Sox get their eighth one of the year. They needed that thing. Let's go back out west. The Angels take down the Rangers, as we mentioned. Steven Matz gets his fourth win. He is 4 and 0 on the year. They extend the division lead to 2.5 over Seattle. Ohayashi. Their DH, who struggled out of the gate, now has 21 RBIs in the season. His batting average is well above 300. For Texas, Jordan Cote falls to 0-3, and Jacob Skoll left with an injury. Not good on either count. Skoll's injury seems to be minor. He should only be out a couple of days. Um, but the Rangers are just falling apart. You hate to see it. And the reality is both teams at the bottom of this division, the, Angel, the Rangers and the A's, have struggled hard, and they shouldn't. The Rangers' offense has not been able to support them the way it needs to, and their pitching staff has been... A train wreck. Oakland, their train wreck uh, of a pitching staff has been covered extensively at this point, and their offense isn't even meeting the meager expectations that were put in front of them. So it's just a, it's a kind of a train wreck there at the bottom. It's a train wreck a lot. <sighs> anyway, um, in Tampa, Shelby Miller stayed in a little bit too long against the Rays. Xiao um, Kui Fung pitched great. Tampa Bay, who got his third win. He's got zero losses. The Rays jumped to 13 and 11, half game back behind the Jays. Uh, 14 hits. There's nothing to sneeze at either, by the way. They were they were very good offensively. The question that I get out of this game: How late in the season does Tampa need to be hanging around? Right. At what point in the season is Tampa two and a half games back of the division lead before they start to change? philosophies is there a point where they become buyers and they try to buy some pieces i mean is john hines committed to this rebuild it seems like he certainly is he's stayed very level-headed through the success he has mentioned multiple times also however that this team is not constructed the way he would prefer if the team's in striking distance down the line, does he get itchy and, and pull the trigger to get his team into a construction that he's comfortable with that he thinks can go out and, and make some noise in the playoffs? I, I, I would doubt it, but, you know, we're a week away from the trade deadline and Tampa's two and a half back. Toronto still doesn't have the lead yet. The O's are still at the top. You have to think that Tampa thinks they can compete with Baltimore. Maybe they make a run. I don't know. 
Toronto hands Washington an 8-5 loss, despite the first year of Jay, Scott Clark getting rocked over three innings. He was bad. Keith Bauman, also in his first year in Canada, uh, he came over in the Jordan Walden-Chris Gray deal with the Dodgers last year. Went three beautiful innings, got his second win of the year. Uh, he's been awesome, by the way. Just a lot of these little bullpen guys that I'm not familiar with that are just awesome. Our oldest Chapman, Craig Kimbrough, and Enosil Tejada, who's yet to give up a run on the year. Granted, only five or six innings so far. Combined to keep the door closed and earn Toronto its 13th win of the year. John Simpson was horrid for Washington. Gave up six runs over two-thirds of an inning. There were nine runs scored in the first inning of this game between the two teams. Um, just fun to see, I guess, if you like offense. Ed Palmer and Devin Lewis are awesome. These two are just the, they're the best battery in baseball by a mile and a half. They're both spectacular. They're both all-stars in their own right. Can one of them learn another position? I mean, can we have a Buster Posey situation here where Palmer or Devin Lewis are pushed into the field at first base so we can get both of them into the lineup at once? With the universal DH not seeming to be on the horizon for MLB Pro, I, I would like to see Washington find a way to get both these guys into the lineup at the same time because I think it would be the best solution for them. With the loss, Washington does drop into a first uh, to a tie for first place in the division with the Atlanta Braves, who were able to take down the Cubs again, which we'll talk about later on. The Orioles right the ship first. The Yankees, Steve Badger and Super Rod Cunningham close the door as Cunningham bounces back from his blown save and loss last night. Dave Tatum's seventh home run, a three-run shot in the third, was all Baltimore really needed. Judd Graham was lucky, I guess would be the best way to say, for New York because he walked six and gave up four hits, managing to only give up three runs on one particular home run to Dave Tatum. It could have been much, much worse as the Yankees' pitching struggles continue. The O's coming at 15-8 and eight atop the American League East, and the Yanks dropped to 9-14 and 14 at the basement. Cleveland scores 20 runs on the Twins in, in what has been described as an orgasmic experience for Aiden Dugmore. Uh, the New Zealand-based GM loved what he saw out of his team beating his big rival from states home runs from ryan wheeler tommy joseph nick williams chris betts kk hill for two and jorge ayala 66 percent of their lineup last night um cahill also scored four runs tying the leagues excuse me tying the team's regular season single game record for runs scored uh 26 base runners every starter at a hit josh colomander is three and oh a lot of really good things to say for cleveland a lot of bad things to say for the Twins, uh, including that Brandon Dixon, the 27-year-old rookie making his first start, was horrid in his debut. He probably won't get a second chance at that. Sorry, buddy. Enjoy the minors. In Cincinnati, Dean Cromwell probably should have exited after six as he gives up three runs in the seventh, and Daniel Wolford gives up two in the ninth as the Dodgers come from behind to win. It is the 10th game they've won of the year. Uh, and scoring five in the last two innings to come back and beat Cincinnati is, is huge for the Dodgers. They need every win they can get. Uh, the West should have been a two-team race, but Arizona continues to struggle. Colorado is great. They are tied for the most wins in the National League at this point, but you expected that. So for a team like uh, L.A., who was really far behind early, they were, they were buried, basically. To get to 10 is a huge accomplishment. They need to keep going and keep on this uh, hot streak they've been on. The Giants take game two of the Buckles Bowls. Ronald Dunham continues his slow start to the year, although he takes his first loss and actually his first decision on the year. Uh, Ibarra exited early for the Giants. It doesn't look good. That could be a long-term injury for him, which would be a blow to the Giants' rotation. Their pen was great, though. 
Uh, and the struggling Braulio Pardo drives in a couple of runs uh, with two outs in the first inning double to kick it off for the Giants. You know, watching him get a hit kind of reminded me, like, there was a heavy trade talk around Braulio Pardo last year while Ryan Buckholes was fairly absent from his team. As he struggles out of the gate here, did they miss their window to get a top dollar return on Braulio Pardo, who has been one of the best bats in MLB Pro for years, with really nothing to show for it in San Francisco? Did they miss a chance to retool by dealing Braulio Pardo? It's a good question. Giants are 11-13. Rockies are 15-8. and D-backs score four in the final two innings to beat the Padres 5-4. Kevin Nicholas pitched six good innings for the Padres for the pen imploded down the stretch. Vladimir Guerrero hits his fifth home run of the year in the eighth with two on to tie the game before Rich Dixon won the game in a single, a pinch hit single, mind you, in the ninth off Abel M. De Los Santos. Arizona is now 10-14, and 14, winning their 10th game of the year. Somehow less impactful with their 10th win than the Dodgers' 10th win, considering where this team should be. San Diego is 13-10, and 10, a couple games back, two games back specifically of the Rockies in a very crowded National League West. Dave Smith outduels Pedro Magana for the cards. His return from injury has been mesmerizing, in my opinion. I loved Dave Smith before he had massive, massive surgery last year and missed the whole year. He's 3-1 with a 171 ERA at this point. St. Louis is 15-8. Philly drops to 8-16 as their slide continues. St. Louis and Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, by the way, is going to be a really fun uh, race to watch in the National League Central. At some point, these races have to get some separation. We're not going to go the entire year with this many close races. We just can't. The Brewers keep pace with St. Louis, beating Miami 8-1 to as the Marlins' offensive struggles continue to be pervasive. Duncan Duemilar goes nine innings, giving up one run, only throwing 97 pitches. Mickey Maniak hits his first major league home run of the year. I don't remember if he hit one last year or not, but he is a prospect that needs to pay off for Milwaukee to dig their way out of this Jose Gonzalez hole they've created for themselves. Five hits for the Marlins, and they have searching for offensive answers. I've got an answer for you. His name's Wander Franco. Call that motherfucker up. Atlanta is 15-8. and eight. Uh, Hangs on to beat the Cubs 4-3. to three. Masakazu Hurayama earns his third win of the year. He wasn't great, but he did enough to win. Robinson Rivera, Max Fried, the two guys tasked with closing down close games for the Braves this year, combined to close the game out. Robinson Rivera has had an up-and-down streak. He's getting better, hopefully. Max Fried has been spectacular from sliding out of that kind of high-leverage middle relief role into the stopper role for late innings. He has not given up a run yet, knock on wood, because he's probably about to get blown up. Boston shuts out the Mets 7-0 as Garrett Cole is spectacular, allowing two hits over seven innings. Tim Lincecum drops to 0-3, and the Mets are just 8-15. The prevailing thought is that this team is still the team to beat in the National League East, but I ask you, are they? Are they really? Matt Dan Decker, Nick Salaz, and, and Julian Wong have been really bad this year. I mean, at some point, it stops being an aberration. It starts being the new normal. I don't think that we're there yet. You know, multiple people said basically June, if the team is 20 games out, they still have a shot, which is really insulting for those of us that are fans of other teams in the National League East. But you have guys like Jose Torres, who's very bad defensively, getting regular playing time here. Elvis Andrews. Is very good defensively, uh, but he is getting up there in age. Matt Wilson is bad defensively. I mean, if you look at why the Mets are struggling, their defensive efficiency is second to last in the National League. Um, their fielding independent pitching is actually pretty fine, but their offensive struggles have been well documented. Their OPS is ranked 10th, batting award 10th, Woba ranked 10th, home runs ranked 10th. They're not stealing bases, they never do. Their runs against are high. Their starters' ERA is high. Their bullpen rating is high. And their defense, everything is bad. 
a lot of that is circumstantial. The Mets figure to get better, but how much better? And how deep of a hole can they dig themselves behind Washington before they can't dig out of that hole? I, I don't know. Anyway, Boston's now 13-11. and 11. They are hanging right up top with Toronto and Baltimore. Orlando Dias, again, blows the save for Pittsburgh. I don't remember the number that this is, but it's high. Um, but Michael Conforto's 10th inning home run bails him out as Pittsburgh gets their 15th win of the year. He actually fouled the pitch off. The 1-0 pitch from Sergio, uh, from the, uh, the pitcher, excuse me, Sergio Pagan dropped it. In foul territory. And then two pitches later, Michael Conforto hits a home run to win to beat Kansas City. Casey Mize looked good, by the way, but the Royals dropped 9-14. That has been last night this morning. Thanks for listening. i got to go interview some lady. I will talk to you all later.